Hello, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Direct Input Podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, and the peculiar year of 2017. I am at uh, Spencer, my home studio. Oh, shit. Here we are. It's the fucking uh, end of the summer, for the most part. We had Labor Day yesterday, and uh, it's an opportune time for me to check in with you and uh, see how you're doing, all that garbage, right? Okay, so here we are. All right, I'm fucking what an insanely fucking busy summer I've had. I'm not sure where to begin. Um, God, where? Uh, God. <laughs> There's been so much shit that's going down, and it's all good. So, first and foremost, I got married over the weekend. Love of my life, Caitlin. We're married. Boom, doing it. Got it done. It was a very um. Lovely ceremony that we had. It's quick, brief, to the point. You know, we went over to uh, Moore State Park in Paxton, Massachusetts, under a covered bridge, and tied the knot. And on the following day, we uh, had a terrific barbecue surrounded by immediate family and some uh, very close friends that have been close with Caitlin and I over the past uh, six and a half years we've been together. So, big shout out to everybody that was there. My sincere apologies to anybody that, unfortunately, was not invited. Nothing personal. It's just that, you know, bought a lot of food and kind of wanted to keep it close to people that, we, uh, you know, the two of us actually knew and, you know, hung out and all that shit together. So, it's kind of tricky. Believe me, I, I wish I could have had every single fucking bandmate be there from my past, but, you know... She hasn't met everybody. <laughs> Somebody said that day there was different eras of, of me, different eras of Josh. So what can I say? Fucking, uh, you know, I've grown a lot over the past fucking seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, yeah, I was around a lot of people who uh, definitely had my back during that time. So not to mention Caitlin. Oh, fuck. We're together. We're married. <laughs> um, Yeah. I smoked the fucking goose at that party. And I, I've now inherited a grill. I'm like, I have like a grill-in-law <laughs> um, at, the, at her family's compound. Fucking, they have a large old home heater oven stove fucking oil drum, you know. And uh, it's been converted into a barbecue. So um, it's been fucking intriguing working with like... It feels like fucking 65 gallons of, you know, fucking cubic gallons of fucking grill. Um, All hardwood. There's oak, um, cherry, and applewood on site. So um, I still fucked with the hickory. I actually did order some um, hickory from Oklahoma for that for that session on uh, the wedding day, wedding day after. And, um, yeah, I smoked my ass off. Fucking uh, smoked an entire 13-pound goose. Actually went down to the store to get some ducks to do it, and uh, they were out of duck. What the fuck? So they gave uh, they gave me, like, 40% off. They, like, matched the price. It was, like, a seven ninety nine a pound, and they gave me the thing for fucking four ninety nine. So I was stoked. Fucking, it was a good score. Rubbed it down with a little bit of kosher salt. You know, rub it good. And then I uh, I coated it two times. Um, once to start with maple syrup, and then uh, about four and a half hours into it, I gave it a second dressing of the syrup, and it came out wonderful. Um, <coughs> uh, the, the, it's kind of like a fucking giant turkey version of duck. 
if you've never had goose. It's it's delicious. If you're not into duck, I don't think you're going to like it. If you don't like duck meat, I don't think you're going to like it. If you don't like game, you're not going to like it. Uh, but otherwise, I'd do it again. I would. I know I'd do it. Um, I, I don't know if I'd do much different other than maybe fucking put the fucking thing in an oven. <laughs> it took me about eight hours to smoke it. Um... But yeah, I, I was very happy with the way it came out overall. Nice texture to it. It was just fucking delicious. And it got devoured. Fucking 13-pound duck. Fucking consumed in uh, under an hour by about uh, three dozen ravenous fucking beer drinkers. So that was cool. That was cool. Also did a uh, prime rib roast over Hickory that day. As well as two briskets. A variety of sausage. Um... Cowboy sausage, Texas sausage, hot and sweet Italian sausage, linguisa. Uh, Katie loves KM hot dogs. Did a bunch of them. A couple fucking chicken wings. Got all the stuff from Stern's Meat Market, Ed Stern's Dressed Meats. Now, on Route 20. If you ever on Route 20 and you know what Ted's is in Charlton, pop in there. Fucking, uh, they got a new location open up. And it's solid. Fucking, um, also got all the meat. All the beef from the local farm down the street from us here in Spencer. Royal Crest Farm. Fucking phenomenal way to score fucking organic grass-fed beef. Um, that's not just limited to um, your, your typical supermarket, supermarket selection of, um, you know, ground beef and ribeyes and such. Got down there. Nice organic fucking grass-fed fucking brisket. Oh, fuck. And then uh, the rib roast was just fucking to die for, too. That went real quick. Fucking prime rib roast. I don't fuck around. What do you think this is? I'm getting married here. We're having a fucking feast. Come on. <laughs> um, a lot of beer consumed. Ah, uh, Christ. I went down to Treehouse. Treehouse Brewery. Now open in fucking Route 20 in Charlton. I sound like I'm a fucking commercial right now. Don't I? It's fucking sad. But, what you know, I try to give you a little context to what I'm talking about, right? Fucking uh, Treehouse is uh, exceptional beer. Um, a lot of IPAs uh, full of flavor, not sold. As far as I know, they're not sold in stores or bars. So everybody has to fucking go there and get your daily allotment of fucking Treehouse beer. And they're only open, like, I think Wednesday through Saturday. There's been a shit ton of bad fucking accidents coming and... and uh, going into that fucking place because it's right on route nine and so we got a lot of out-of-staters a lot of out-of-towners coming in who are oblivious to the wrath of route 20 which uh typically claims a few lives every year so if you go in there be careful don't be a jerk off fucking be prepared with your gps and uh be mindful of your turn signals and such but yeah i got like three different beers from up there a golden ipa the red ipa the green ipa i've gone there twice since it's opened up uh, you kind of pay out the nose, sort of. Um, it's like three and a quarter, three fifty per beer, so you're not really saving a bulk price. I mean, the first time I went there, they only let me have eight beers. Um, you know, six was, well, you know, a, a pretty straight six pack, and then they gave me two green ones. That's literally the name; it was green. Uh, this time I went up there. I think I ended up with close to a, about a twelve pack of the of the yellow stuff, the golden IPA that they got. Then I got three saps, which is a red can, and then two fucking greens. So if you're ever in the area and you want to fucking meet me out there, maybe you should uh, hit me up because 
it is good beer. It is worth actually standing around for. Um, it's quite a procedure. You got to fucking drive up this fucking big hill. Sometimes you got to pack down the hill and walk up. But actually, they have like little Polaris fucking uh, I mean, like quads or whatever nowadays. Fucking driving people up. So, Treehouse Brewery, check it out if you're a band on tour coming into Massachusetts. It's right on your way to the Palladium or Boston or pretty much anywhere else in New England. So, yeah, Treehouse Brew. Check that out. What else? What else? What else? I went to Yankee Spirits and dropped, like, fucking 100 bucks on fucking all sorts of other beer. Because I'm tired of drinking fucking cheap beer that I have to keep drinking fucking 12 of every week or whatever. So now I only have, like, two two of uh, high-test IPAs a night at the most, typically. <laughs> and uh, so today I'm drinking fucking greater good because I'm in a mood. Fucking, uh, we're going up to Montreal this weekend, and I gotta stay prepped. I gotta stay primed. I gotta be conditioned to meet up with the expectations of Wings of Metal Fest in conjunction with being in the city, the capital of metal, Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I've been dieting. I'm back on the vegetarian thing. Like fucking four days a week, I do vegetarian. No beer. Dry out. Fucking try not to have more than a 12-pack over a three-day period. Fucking, I guess it works. I feel better. I feel agile. What can I say? Um, Fucking right, man. I've been out of my mind with the fucking marriage stuff. It wasn't that stressful. It wasn't too much planning. But still, you fucking running around doing shit. It felt like for fucking two weeks in conjunction with it. Um, You know, licenses, meeting with Justice of the Peace, fucking... Whatever, fucking locations, picking people, fucking buying food, all this shit, fucking. But it all led up to a fantastic time, and I couldn't be happier with uh, the decision I've made to live with the true love of my life, Miss Caitlin. Boom. It's done forever, immortal. Boom. <laughs> all right, so what is going on in the world of Direct Input Podcast? Quite a bit, I must say, quite a bit. Um, the response has been fucking just overwhelming by just about anybody who's approached me about it. A lot of fucking dedicated listeners out there tuning in. It's certainly growing. Can't thank you guys enough for fucking tuning in, checking it out. I do my best to entertain you. I really do. That's the whole purpose of this shit, right? I'm not going to sit here and fucking inform you and fucking make you feel dumb or try to make you feel smarter. Make you fucking smile for fuck's sake. It's a shit world out there right now. Fucking a lot of bullshit. A little comedy, a little pleasure, a little entertainment. We gotta do, huh? All right. So fucking, we're back here. Um, the most obvious, um, I think, event has occurred with this podcast over um, since fucking June now is the fact that I've gone out. I made a huge plunge, huge step by uh, b- purchasing my own little module here to record all these episodes with. I got a Zoom Six. Which now gives me the ability to operate six microphones on a handheld module. Um, pretty much the same exact unit as what uh, Mr. Brian Thompson was using to produce the first 39 episodes we've done together. And um, I really can't thank Brian enough for everything he's done for me. He's absolutely showed me the ropes. Um, he's believed in my ability to do this. Furthermore, too put up with it <laughs> fucking um you know on a completely pro bono basis you know there's i'm indebted to mr brian thompson what can i say i i owe him the world because i'm not making any money off of this but god damn it fucking he definitely got me started and he certainly gave me a lot of confidence to keep doing this 
So all the power in the world to Mr. Brian and a hearty cheers to you, sir. Love to have you back. Hopefully we can do some more episodes. I'd love to get back over to Hudson, sit down, fucking shoot the shit with somebody while they fucking tie one on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, fucking, there's really not much more I could say to that. I, I wish we could keep doing it, but obviously Brian's very busy uh, with Netbreaker as well as doing Drive-By Bukwaki. He's a freelance web designer. And if you own your own business, you know that there's never really a day off and you work whenever you can work. And uh, so, yeah, that's where we're at with that. All the best to Brian. Um, I really do think, though, that the best of this podcast is yet to come. Uh, I I banged out a a ton of episodes. Probably the most episodes I've done. I think I did almost like more episodes in like two months than I did for the entire year. Um, so let's just recap where we're at here with that fucking, uh, Def Cult was one of the uh, last ones I did with, with Brian. Def Cult was a band from Chicago that played Ralph's. Uh, it was pretty, that was a good show. It was not a lot of people there, but it was a good show. Fucking good. Uh, it gave me two, two CDs there from them. I'm going to play that too. Another thing I'm looking to do to enhance this is do more uh, mixes, a little more uh, DJ magic for you. I know I have that hyped up on the, the SoundCloud page, but kind of sucked at falling through with that. But uh, So I plan to play some Def Cult for you in a separate little uh, stream that you can check out, which should hopefully be released in conjunction with that, so you get to hear some Def Cult. Check the boys out. They're from Chicago. Be sure to uh, click on their Bandcamp page and support them. And uh, take it from there. See what you got. Uh, moving on from there, we, uh, we had a cancellation, which led to us sitting down with Mr. Kevin Ward. Back, I think this was yeah, this was actually the end of June that we did this. If I remember correctly, the dates in my mind somewhere around June 29th. And um, that was good. That was a good one. Show up a brief. I don't get too many people that come in here and fucking just talk a little fuck, you know, throw a little heat, throw a little shade around. Kevin's good for that, huh? Huh? <laughs> fucking, I, I, I thought it was necessary to bring up some of the fucking horror stories that uh, him and I have both witnessed at Ralph's over the past fucking uh, two or three years of, you know, booking shows and being associated together in that practice. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that episode because it's. I won't say it's nasty. I won't say it's mean. It's just fucking honest. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of fucking sugarcoating with that one. So, you know, check that one out if you can. Especially if you're in a band and you're torn. I hate to be that guy that's always like, you know. You see these jerk-off clickbait articles out there where it's like, we talked to a sound guy and he here's five things that every local band needs to stop doing now. No, it's not like that. We're not doing that fucking just talking real-life experience. And we're going to quote our sources. <laughs> and we're going to fucking reference who fucked up too, all right? Gonna hold hold those people to that that, that judgment, that, that shame. Shame on you. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, what a month of cancellations, though. Holy fuck, how many... <laughs> am I supposed to... <laughs> I just lead into this, though. Kill. This band kill fucking cancels. Um... Yeah. My God. (laughs) 
Nate, I love you, boy. But when you're tour managing, you got to give me a heads up when the stuff's going down. I know not everybody takes fucking interviews and podcasts fucking, uh, you know, I won't say seriously, but they don't set like a precedence or a priority to be there. But it sucks when you fucking book somebody and you're there at six and the band doesn't fucking get there to three and a half hours later. It sucks, too, when you're there after an hour, you get vague information about where you are. Outside Hartford with fucking traffic. I don't... What the fuck does that mean? Danbury? Fucking Providence? I don't fucking know. It could be north, south, east. I don't... It's just fucking... Ugh. That band Kill... Cool band. Met them the next day. Brought them lunch in Starbridge. Um, nothing bad to say about them. What they gonna do? Fucking three Swedish dudes, you know? Um, America's a hard place to tour, by the way, fellas. And ladies, too. This is something I have remarked to several of these acts. It's... A very hard place to play. It's not like Europe where you can just fucking drive eight hours and have some sort of fucking entitled fucking union bus break. You know, eight hours is the longest drive you get in Europe. Eight hours is typically an average drive in America. So, hey, fucking, it's tough. What can I say? And um, a few of these bands just had some fucking shit luck. Um, I mean, Kill, for example, fucking, I believe fucking went through like four vehicles over the course of like a two and a half week tour that's fucking insane I don't know how the fuck they do that with rentals too um, but they, they killed that <laughs> um, literally I got a call about 9.40 the, door, the first band was playing at 9.30 and I got a call that night um, that they were pretty much stranded at the police uh, state police barracks on Mass Pike in uh, Charlton so I had to have uh, Miss Stephanie go out there and pick them up, who uh, fulfilled and leveled up her Valkyrie abilities fucking tenfold that night. <laughs> she, she, poor girl's pretty much fucking paying to get into a show, and I tell her, you got to go pick up these guys if you can. And she fucking did it. She was an absolute trooper. And not only did she go pick them up, bring them back to the fucking venue, she took them back to fucking Starbridge and then drove back to fucking, I think, Hawkinton afterwards. So... Power to you, kid. You're a real star that night. You get the gold star. Stephanie gets the gold star. Uh, boom. That was a cool show, though, uh, from what I remember. Um, Kill seemed a little bit fucked up, though. They were up there with um, the stage. And I think uh, a lot of European bands tend to struggle on that Ralph stage. I'm not saying they played bad. It's just I can see a little confusion in them when uh, monitors don't respond the way that they hope. And um, that's just a common theme I've noticed with a lot of European bands is when they come over here, they'll fucking sound check the fuck out of that Ralph's board. And in all honesty, I think it's not really necessary. I think Steve's a fucking phenomenal technician who's on top of it. He knows that board in and out. He knows the room in and out. And when you just have some guy show up, no disrespect to any of these sound guys who are on tour, but it's like... (sighs) You know, like you get up there and you just rewire everything and just fucking, fucking dial everything back and start a fresh thing. Ugh, I don't know, man. A lot of extra work. And I know these guys are going to get paid, but it's just a lot of extra fucking work. And in the end, I don't know if it really rewards the performance all that much more. Um, you know, everybody sounds great, but 
I just want to see fucking people headbang and fucking lose their shit. I, you know, these Berkeley kids get up there and they're the biggest assholes going. The fucking first off, they don't teach no courses on how to load off the fucking stage and load on, but they want a fucking full fifteen minute fucking sound check too, with a fucking casual fucking ninety second fucking, you know, instrumentation of some fucking song. Ugh. That gives me the deuce chills. Berkeley kids are so good, but they can't fucking play on their own. And it's just like, it's just so weak to me when somebody blames a fucking sound guy or, or, or monitors at times. It's like, dude, if you're good at what you're doing, you know what you're doing. You don't need to rely on fucking some guy, fucking some third party to make you best, you know? Ugh, whatever. So, what can you do? Uh, kill cancel. Let's talk cancellations real quick while I'm on, while I'm in a mood. Uh, these all all these bands were bands that I had lined up to fucking do interviews with, and everything just got fucked up for some reason or another. Um, so Kill was the first one that happened to Mortem from Peru, a band I've been waiting to see 17 years. I've been wanting to see these guys play for 17 fucking years in Worcester, and they finally showed up. And um, <laughs> same fucking shit, man. They were fucking late as fuck. That was supposed that show was supposed to start at seven, and the whole Poor package didn't get here until about 7.30. So, ugh, what the fuck can I do with that? I can't, you know? It's, I don't know, man. Fucking, it's just frustrating. You get there early, you set up, you're ready to go, you're ready to rock. You do all the legwork to fucking get people booked. And then it's just, oh, we'll show up fucking three hours late? It's not really their fault either. I, I'm not going to get in that situation. Barbarian was on tour with them too. And that's another band I wanted to fucking track that night. But that fell to shit too. So, yeah. What can you do? Bolzer. Bolzer was a band I, I really wanted to sit down with. Um, but, jeez, what happened that day? Fuck it. Oh, I, I blew a fucking tire on my way to work. So I ended up going to town fair to fucking do a whole, you know, fucking change. I got to Ralph's around 7. It wasn't it wasn't that late. Uh, but Bolzer, Bolzer fucking had a hearty fucking 45-minute sound check, it felt like. And we were opening up doors that night at fucking 9. And I just didn't have time to get it done. Furthermore, too, um, Okoy, the singer, actually did remark that he uh, wanted to conserve his voice if, if you know, if possible. And eh, I don't think the guy's a dick for that. I don't blame him. So what can I do? I kind of just was like, fine, let's just, let's just not force the issue tonight. <laughs> so Bullser would have been cool, huh? Fucking... Um, talk about antifa stuff that would have been interesting but oh well oh well oh well i don't do skype by the way people i don't i don't want to do that i think it's unnatural i i don't like the way it sounds and uh just think it's hack i don't like phoners either fuck off with your phone interviews it's not podcasting <laughs> you can have a radio interview if you want that way if you know that's your thing but ugh, i just don't want to hear that it's just unpleasant. Uh, let's see. Last week, went to the Brighton Music Hall to see um, Abysmal Dawn and Incantation together on tour of Maduk. How did I fuck that one up? I got wicked stoned and ended up listening to fucking Rush Hold Your Fire. And I got really fucking confused. <laughs> I ended up fucking driving north to Route 2. It was fucking the dumbest way I've ever gone to Boston. And, um... I just got that late as fuck. And um didn't feel like podcasting. <laughs> 
So I had the gear on me. I walked around the whole night with my bag on me, but it was just it was actually nearly sold out um, at that venue, and I just didn't want to deal with it. Uh, that I think Maduk had the backstage nearly all to themselves too. Um, I know there was a tour bus that was you know they just dropped the trailer and fucking took off, um, which is quite common, especially in that fucking neighborhood, Brighton Music Hall. <laughs> I mean the neighborhood's all right. Don't it, it's not like a crime infested neighborhood, but it's just there's nowhere to fucking park. And getting into the city that day was just fucking atrocious. I mean there was um it's college season, so. I lost track of fucking how many U-Hauls were in the city. And all these fucking shitheads just walking around the middle of the street. Nobody knew where they were fucking going. Um, if you're not from around New England, I, I mean, I don't even think most New Englanders know, but there's, there's, I think it's like 60 fucking colleges within 10 square miles of Boston. And it's something like the state's population doubles every time uh, school's in season. So, uh, yeah, give you a little context on how that fucking shit show fucking developed. Uh, the only other cancellation I had, and I don't know if I could fucking peg the band or even myself for this. It just never really fucking happened the way I wanted to, is uh, Witch Trap. I wanted to do Witch Trap about a year and a half ago when they last played. Uh, they came over for dinner. I had a great fucking eggplant palm I made for the fellas. And um, just got carried away talking and just never even fucking podcasted that night. And then I was hoping to bang them out this tour, um, which in particular I wanted to go to Portland the night before my wedding, Portland, Maine, sit down and track with them. I mean, I worked a half a day on uh, Thursday and was getting married on a Friday afternoon around 5. So I figured I could sneak up there and get it done. But, you know, I started running around doing all this fucking marriage shit and... <laughs> well, rather, wedding shit. <laughs> like, buying large amounts of fucking meat, beer, and shackle for everybody to fucking consume. Uh, I just... Dude, by fucking 4 o'clock, I was like, I don't want to fucking go to Portland. I'm not going to fucking go up there. What the fuck was I thinking? I don't even have a ho- hotel. You know, I want to get some sleep. Fucking Christ, I want to be fucking hungover tomorrow. It's a fucking huge day. So, I was hoping the band might have been able to uh, stop by for lunch the track but that just wasn't in the cards they cut they played albany the night before and cut across vermont new hampshire so can't blame them there so hopefully i can get any of those seven bands that i've uh referenced in the near future it'd be great to fucking have them all on uh nothing but respect for them great bands and uh i'm sure they had a lot of stories from the tour that they're going on right now <laughs> so all right, moving forward uh, for other episodes. The first one that I did on my own was with Mr. Jerome Reuter, the film critic extraordinaire. Fucking Jerome knows about so many fucking films that I am completely oblivious to. I am such a fucking... I'm a weird film guy. I like documentaries. I like nonfiction stuff. I don't really watch TV, you know. Um, I mean, I like sports a lot. Uh but yeah, <laughs> I'm captivated by NFL films, right? And, uh, you know, other stuff. Jerome's not really into that per se. He's more of a, um, you know, a Caligula, um, Argento, foreign films, you know, real, you know, mustard head above the shoulder shit. You know, it's good for you. Fucking smart stuff. Uh, I thought that was a really cool episode. Fucking because... Honestly, I never really get the chance to fucking sit down and consider films from, like, that perspective of being a film critic. 
And um, there's a whole world, obviously, a fucking uh, whole universe of fucking film geeks out there that fucking identify with that. So, let alone, too, I never have writers on this fucking podcast. That's fucking tragic, isn't it? I mean, Jerome's fucking a wealth of fucking knowledge. He's just bursting with fucking really good fucking critique about fucking everything under the sun, especially with movies and such. And um, to have a fucking writer on, I think, is just, it's a fucking vital tool to have fucking, you know, just a keg of fucking streamlined information pouring out of it. So, it was cool. I like that one. Check that one out. Um, It's definitely the first one I did pretty much on my own here at the home studio. Runs a little bit over about 90 minutes, I think. Moving forward, I had the pleasure to sit down with Mr. King Fowley, lead singer of Deceased. Um, my first interview I did by myself with the Zoom at Ralph's. And I think it's pretty clear you can hear <laughs> me uh, kind of fucking not handle that one the best as I could have. And I mean, I mean that because Mr. King Fowley is a large fella who I have nothing but respect for. Uh, however, the whole process of sitting in front of each other and uh, Mr. Fowley speaking rather boisterously with a microphone in the proximity of his navel uh, just produced a weird sort of effect on the podcast itself. It sounds like this is like a weird double echo, double track type thing. So, I don't know if you noticed that one or not. It kind of drove me nuts a little bit, I won't lie. But there's great content in that. Content. Did I say contact? Yeesh. But the content in there is fucking terrific. King just wrote a new book. It's called Stay Ugly. Published. You should pick it up. All the information's in that link and that stream. Um, what can I say? He's a fucking absolute pioneer of American death metal. And um, ultimately, I'm just fucking fortunate to have motherfuckers like that sit down with me. Honestly. Fucking uh, a lot of good stories about talking about being a fucking Kiss fan. Uh, Iron Maiden, um, of course, Deceased, October 31 chats, all that good stuff. Certainly check out King's episode, and I do apologize for the uh, peculiar fucking uh, double-track noise there. I have improved. You will notice moving forward from there that everything else has a fucking mic stand, so it's not as fucking uh, in and out as that. After that, that week after the King Fairley episode, I actually had uh, the opportunity to do something kind of unique. I uh, saw Iron Maiden for the first time. <laughs> I'm a fucking poser, huh? Mm. Ah, that's great or good. Imperial fucking IPA. It's in a green can. Nectar of the Hop Gods. Very nice. The Iron Maiden parking lot. I think might be the most popular one that I've done so far. I've gotten fucking incredible fucking feedback from that. And um, I've been wanting to do an episode like that for years, man. <laughs> I just I, I was able to walk around just lot six at Great Woods or um, the Com- Comcast Center, I think, or Infi- Xfinity Center. Somewhere, I don't know, Mansfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> you see your fucking plenty of shows there. And... Um, you know, those 20,000 heavy metal maniacs there. And I just happened to be in a parking lot with about fucking 1,000 of them. Everybody's tailgating, walking around, shooting the shit. Simple as that. Simple fucking format. Um, 
and I, there's some fucking gold in there. I I I was really fucking stoked with the way that came out. I didn't realize how good it was when I was doing it, but like when you hear it, it's fucking. <laughs> I think it's pretty fucking good. So yeah, fucking definitely check that one out. Um, I want to do more of that stuff. In fact, I actually did do that later. With um, I ended up at uh, the Summer Slaughter Festival, and had you know like a legit on prompt impromptu fucking interview there with uh, my buddy Max from Black Dahlia Murder, who I've known for many years, uh, original Gorgeous bass player. We also talked to Alan, who's the drummer of Black Dahlia Murder, who's just in the neighborhood there, hanging out by the bus. We got to talk to the film crew that was shooting the new Dying Fetus video. And uh, a couple other characters there. Uh, so that was that was a fun episode. It's just not the same, though. Fucking trying to fucking get uh, the intensity of an Iron Maiden crowd pre-gaming. It, it, it just doesn't compare, really, to a fucking... You know, a couple dudes fucking smoking butts fucking uh, in between bands at some slaughter. But, you know, I'll take what I can get, right? You know, there's going to be something there somewhere. Uh, I did do an excellent episode, I thought, with Origin that day as well uh, next to their van. And that was an absolute pleasure. Fucking uh, John Lonstring joined me for a prior episode with Unmerciful. And... um, I thought he carried that interview, the Unmerciful interview. Um, it's it's tough interviewing like five people at once. It, it is. Um, so it was great to have him and, and Jason Kaiser sit down together because I've known Jason for over a decade. And um, <laughs> we've seen some shit together, <laughs> to say the least. So it was cool. It was very, very cool. There was a good sort of like, you know, just ebb and flow to that whole thing. And I would love to have those guys back because fucking it had me laughing. I, I've never laughed that hard at the Palladium before. And maybe even in the podcast. The Josh Martin episode got, got me fucking cracking up too. But this one I thought was fucking, was some fucking real fucking off the cut fucking shit. It was good. It's good for you. I met up with Fuzzy Wig for a uh, about a 90 minute chat where... We really couldn't get away from talking about Donald Trump. And uh, I don't want to be too political. I really don't. I think it's a bummer to talk about. Um, but at the same time, too, it is important to talk about. And, eh, you know, if I can have somebody fucking rationally, fucking logically, pragmatically fucking talk to you about stuff. Uh, you know, I know I'm all about entertaining. But in the end, fucking, if it makes you a better person, what can I say? That entertains me. <laughs> So, I don't know. I'm not saying you're a bad person for liking Trump or whatever, but shit's fucking crazy out there right now. And um, I think both sides really need to assess where they're at. Uh, no fault against Mr. Fuzzywig by any fucking means. Uh, I think he's straight on point for this. But the episode largely, in part, deals with the hypocrisy that uh, many of those supporters have exhibited over uh, the past year or so. And... Uh, I really don't have much to say about Donald Trump in that whole situation. Um, I don't even want to talk about Antifa shutting down an Inquisition show in Providence. I've said my piece about that fucking online. Um, I'm not anti-Antifa either. I, I think the policy of not allowing Nazis in your town is a fair policy. <laughs> I don't want no Taliban in my town. Get them out of here too. But um, 
freedom of speech is fucking important. You can't just limit people. You can't just fucking uh, broad stroke everybody fucking uh, with a simple classification. Uh, especially when that classification is fucking misinformed and incorrect. So, yeah. Check out that one if you uh, want to feel uh, your anti-Trump fucking bug fucking ailed, so to say. Uh, moving forward. I sat down with Matty Odette. Matty Odette, longtime fucking friend who I have grown up listening to on the radio um, with Nasty Habits 88.9 WERS in Boston located at Emerson College he was the man that resurrected the almighty Nasty Habits radio show which was, which was at one point the longest running metal show in all of America um, college station yeah I mean if you're a kid from around here, uh, from around the Massachusetts, uh, Boston area, um, you know, anywhere from 83 to fucking 93, you probably know about that show. Um, I mean, it started off in 1983 and ended in 2005. And, uh, you know, before the time when Napster was there and all that other stuff, fucking, that's, that's how I got my music was fucking bootlegging fucking mixtapes off the radio nasty habits just sitting there for three hours every fucking sunday night fucking ripping that show slicing and dicing it up throughout the week and driving around with mixtapes all uh all the way to school and back and big cruising and all that shit so it was great and it's cool to talk with matt too because not only has he been an incredible supporter of uh of the scene uh for a number of years but now he's like getting integrated with being a musician so it's a little you know it's it's cool when you when you see people for like fucking you know nearly 20 years fucking suddenly fucking take up music it's fucking cool it is because it takes balls to do that and it takes a lot of fucking character to fucking get up there and conviction to fucking do that and let alone too to find other people to fucking support you and fucking do it it's it's a magical thing it really is uh Matt's playing a band called Cynicism and they remind me a lot of early Impaled, mixed with, I'm um, sure, like some Exhumed. Throw some Macabre in there for good measure. Anything bloody and gory, I think you guys would like this stuff. It's a little grindy, too. So it's a good time. Cynicism. Check that episode. Uh, another good episode, which I love tracking, was with Colin Conway, the drummer of Soul Remnants, who... I thought was fucking internationally, <laughs> internationally well known and acclaimed for his role as, uh, you know, being a uh, music journalist who started off at the young age of twelve, fucking, uh, you know, interviewing all sorts of fucking bands. Um, again, another really good interview that kind of revels in the nostalgia of uh, the late '90s scene, how uh, the camaraderie and discipline. Of uh, that scene kind of fucking shaped many of my peers, my peer group today. So, yeah, I think a lot of the kids fucking under uh, Born After 88 should listen to that one because, you know, it pretty much puts that stuff in perspective, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want me to do? Hype this up some more? <laughs> 
the last episode I actually did, this was three weeks ago. I can't believe I fucking, it's been three weeks since the last time I dropped one. Uh, <laughs> maybe I dropped the ball instead. But, uh, no, nah, I got to fucking sit down with Sauron um, from fucking Lansing, Michigan, a band who I've adored fucking since uh, 20, 2004. Fucking, um, uh, fucking cool band, man. Fucking brilliant band. Fucking great Great to sit down with them and bullshit. Fucking, I love three-piece bands. Probably my favorite type of band is a three-piece. And fuck, man, I just love this band. I wish we lived closer. I'd, I'd fucking hang out with these dudes more often. <laughs> fucking, um, shit. I, I just, check that episode out. There's a little bit of everything. A little shit talk. Some football talk. Fucking, um, anti-fucking uh, Magic Johnson talk. <laughs> All sorts of good stuff. Fucking, I love Sauron. They have a new album out called, uh, was it War of Attrition? Or War, War Through Attrition. It's a dying fetus album. Almost. War Through Attrition is the Sauron album. All that information is available in that stream as well. Check them out. I should hopefully have them featured in the uh, mixed playlist that I have planned as well. Yeah, buddy. All right, so. That pretty much wraps up the check-in portion, so to say. The recap of all the ins- episodes I've done. Shit guy. In the past, it's usually been like fucking five or six per quarter. And pff, what do I do here? Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven? Eleven fucking episodes in fucking one quarter. Fucking. We're up in production. <laughs> um, hmm. On my list here. The really only other thing that I did this summer, which was, at the top of my head, completely fucking memorable, was uh, taking in the fourth and final installation of Defenders of the Old Metal Fest, which went down at the Williamsburg Music Hall in the heart of Williamsburg. Fourth Street, I believe it is. Uh, Rainy fucking weekend. Humid as fuck. But, uh, actually, guys... Gotta be honest with you. I'm really surprised that I like hanging out in Brooklyn this much. Because I fucking love it. I, I love the reentry shit. <laughs> I love the fact that I can fucking. I don't get a pat down fucking going into the shows. I think it's fucking awesome that there's like 50,000 restaurants all around me open till 4 in the morning. <laughs> That's huge. Um, the beer prices suck. I'll give you that. They definitely fucking suck. Uh, but the shot and the beer combinations, not that bad. Not that bad. I, mean, I, I like being encouraged to do that. It's all right. Um, sound, though, at this festival was absolutely incredible. Cirrus Ungol headlined. I thought it was a thousand times better sound than, than uh, Frost and Fire Fest, which occurred last October. In Ventura. You can check out another recap I have of that episode. And, um, jeez, I, I was just a great fucking show. Um, gee, who else is my favorite there? Necromanthian. Necromanthian fucking. Talk about these, these black thrash bands. You know, a trend that Sauron started next to Aranoa. Um, Necromanthian is just fucking. Man, they know how to fucking tickle my heart. Fucking, it's like half the dudes from uh, Obliteration, the Norway Obliteration, um, which is a brilliant death metal band. But Necromanthian, I just thought was 
just Stella fucking on point. Fucking that blister and black thrash style that I, I love so much. Really into that. Um, they were probably a highlight for my for myself on the second day. Uh, bitch was definitely a highlight. Fucking, I was impressed by Miss Miss Betsy Bitch getting up there and doing it. Fucking, she looks good. She sounds great too. Band played fucking terrific. Fucking, um, nothing nothing positive things to say about Bitch. Uh, I wish I could see them out in Ventura. I, I'd support Bitch any chance I could get, and you should support support Bitch any chance you get. Well, uh, I believe it's actually the first album that ever came out on Metal Blade. It was uh was it Be My Slave by Bitch? Could be wrong on that. Tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. Um, Black Magic played, and Black Magic had a huge buzz around them going into this. I do like the EP quite a bit, the 2015 EP. I think it's it's cool. It's it's I fucking there's a lot of bands that kind of end up sounding like fucking like Merciful Fate B-sides and stuff from like Bloister Cult and stuff. And uh I kind of hate referencing that band Ghost to be like that. But, um and I I don't think Black Magic sounds like Ghost. But this band Black Magic did a fucking supreme 180, and there were a lot of people pissed off about it. Um, I didn't feel that let down because, frankly, I wasn't too invested into the the EP uh, going into the show. Um, but to put it in context, yeah, this EP that they have is pretty standard, fucking you know, Merciful Fate B side, fucking you know, Black Funeral type stuff, you know, and. Um, <laughs> No, Black Masses is the song I'm thinking of. It's just that style just reminds me of fucking, you know, what these guys are doing on that EP. And, um, man, they got up there and did some fucking, like, Santana-type jam or some shit. They did this other song, which I do like a lot, and I have listened to it several times on YouTube. It's called uh, Flying High, Flying Free. And it sounds like Pink Floyd. It's not a bad thing, but... It's a little unsettling to people that fucking really wanted to show up there and just have fucking satanic heavy music played. And instead, it's like sort of like this weird fucking like earthy, crunchy fucking like burlap bag dancing shit, you know? Like, it wasn't for everybody. There were some people quite quite annoyed by that performance, by that set. I'm not going to slag them for it. I just think uh, it's it's you know important to note that they kind of got fucking a lot of shit by just about everybody that I know that wanted to see them there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not gonna give up on them. I noticed that they are going well. They are in the studio right now tracking a new album, so I'm curious to hear that. And uh, I'm confident that uh, the description I've give I've given you is going to hold up because they're playing as a four piece with uh, like an organ or something like that. I don't know. It's a moog. Oh, you call your fucking organ guys out there. Kind of freak out on me about that. Dude does a flute solo in the middle of the fucking song, right? <laughs> they wear bell bottoms and corduroy. So, yeah, Black Magic. Check that out. I mean, I don't think it's horrible by any means, and I think it's kind of cool. But you're at the fenders of the old, man. What do you expect? That's the way it's going to sound, huh? Um... Really wanted to see Sumalands that night, and I did happen to catch them. And I, I, I liked it. They sounded a lot like the album. Uh, my only knock on Sumalands and Eternal Champion is that they're only playing New York and Europe. Like, 
the fuck, guys? Come on. Do a fucking tour. Nut up. Let's do this. Come on. <laughs> okay, like, I want to see these guys out in Worcester. Fucking, you know, Boston, Connecticut, wherever. Fucking, I don't know. I just, it's just something I noticed. A lot of these, I see a lot of bands get fucking hung up with fucking just getting flown into New York and, you know, office starting in there. That's a, that's a big benchmark for, um, you know, a band with, like, one album out to fucking fulfill. So, hey, they deserve it, though. I mean, I think they're a good band, but I just want to see them do more instead of playing New York. I think they ended up, I don't know exactly what happened to Sumo Lands, but they, I think they were supposed to play somewhere overseas and something happened, and they ended up in New York, so they played some last-minute thing this past weekend. Um, but, yeah, you know, I again, it just it sounded nearly identical to the album. I love the guitar tone. If you're a fan of Jakey e. Lee, you're going to love it. Real thick, condensed fucking vocals. Fucking, you know. That Sumo Lands album and that Eternal Champion thing from last year. Both those were by far um, probably my favorite American releases. Let alone they're from Texas too. Which is cool because not a lot of crazy stuff is coming out of Texas. I like Power Trip. I think Power Trip's a fucking... They just had a uh, new brilliant album come out too. With the, uh, what's it called? Nightmare Logic? That's Wiffy time. Check that one out. Uh, but the Fenders of the Old uh, also was a was a uh, nasty Ronnie headlined, uh, nasty Savage headlined the second uh, first night. Um, I'll tell you real quick about them. Really cool to see. I thought they sounded excellent. My only complaint is they're known for smashing TVs, and that was back in the '80s when TVs actually were like built fucking tough and had tubes and like all sorts of mechanical parts in it that would actually explode. Well, fucking Mr. Nasty Ronnie's up there smashing flat screens now, like whipping them with a fucking chain. Not the same fucking effect by any fucking means. I mean, like, there's, like, no... There's just no more drama. There's no excitement with it. It's just... <laughs> it's, like, the most uneventful demolition possible. Like, it's just nothing even really breaks on it. Like, the, 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 gra- the glass doesn't even shatter. Um... The plastic doesn't even fucking, like, fragment, really. It, it's just, ugh. Watching a fucking flat-screen TV get smashed is, <laughs> it's just disappointing. <laughs> There's nothing cool about it. Unless they fucking had, like, real explosives or some shit. Or, like, maybe what they need to do is, like, drop cinder blocks from, like, fucking 20 feet down. Or, like, maybe fucking he's got to, like, elbow drop a fucking TV, like, across a table or some shit. You know, like, he's Macho Man or some shit. I know he's got a wrestling background, um, you know, but I, I, I caught the dude blade in himself, you know, <laughs> it's an inside scoop, what can you do, I, I was happy I saw that, I, I was sure to tell Mr. Brian, Mr. Brian Thompson, like, dude, he bladed himself, I saw it, I saw it, I saw it, so that, that was cool, what can I say, um, when's the next time I'm going to have the opportunity to see NASA Savage again, you know, who knows, might have to go to Tampa. One of the big reasons I went to, um, well, one of the big reasons I've actually fallen in love with Brooklyn so much was that I had the distinct pleasure of filling in with the band Throat from Brooklyn. Um, fucking brilliant, brilliant fucking black metal band. Um, just fucking playing black metal that... It's fucking black metal. <laughs> like, there's no real political correctness. There's no fucking subgenreification of it. There's no, there's no overthinking to it. It's just good fucking songwriting, 
Um, it's evil. It's catchy. It's a range proper. It's fresh. There's moments in it that fucking just really fucking, for me, keep me the fuck interested. And as a bass player, it was some of the most fun I've ever had playing bass in bands. Fucking um, some real creative bass playing um, by the uh, Impurifier, who's, who's my main man writing the stuff right there. The Impurifier. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was actually going down there um, to Brooklyn. I went there. I had, was it three different sessions I played down there, I think? Um, right at the base of the BQE, there's a, uh, a studio that we uh, practiced in, and uh, was fortunate enough to open up that DC show with Throat, um, and we played a good half hour set. You can see me fuck up a couple songs on YouTube, actually. <laughs> uh, I actually played my Warlock bass for that, my old BC Rich Warlock NJ series from uh, the mid-80s. And I'm the first to admit that that fucking bass kicked my ass, man. Fucking, I didn't expect that. Um, don't want to make too many excuses about it, but, I mean, just, you know, I fucking struggled to play that thing. I didn't expect that, dude. I, you know, I was playing a Warwick fucking, you know, at home the whole time, warming up for that stuff and rehearsing. Uh, but the scale of the Warlock that I have... Uh, and, and if you know BC Rich Guitars, uh, they're all very top-heavy. So what I mean by that is the um, is the the headstock and the neck portion of the guitar always fucking kind of drops down to the ground. And um, it's a lot heavier than the bottom of the guitar, hence it's top-heavy guitar. Um, but yeah, the, the I mean, and just the sheer scale of this bass, like, I fucking had like a weird kink in my back just because I was using like weird muscles I'd never used before while playing. And... Um, yeah, that's all I can say, man. It's just like the, I, I fucking slid into like several riffs like weird, like half step down, half step over. Fucking um, just weird. Like I fought with the bass more than I'd fucking care to admit. And, uh, you know, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to that shit. So, of course, I'm going to fucking beat myself up and publicly and chastise myself and flagellate myself in front of everybody about it. But what are you going to do? I fucked up. But I think overall it was actually a really, really uh, positive time. I was very happy with the progress I made with the band. And uh, I was thrilled to be able to, to take part, to drive down there uh, about three hours each way to fucking play with them. And uh, we eventually uh, even uh, played a Wednesday night gig down at St. Vitus, uh, opening up for Sauron, which was uh, an event in itself. <laughs> but um, still... Fucking um, made the best of it. Had a pretty pretty solid set all the way around, and uh, I was happy with it. I was happy with it for the most part. <laughs> but um, yeah, look forward to uh, working with them again in the future. Hint hint hint. Right. <laughs> so you'll you'll uh, I'll keep you guys posted on that stuff. Uh, it's definitely a release on the horizon that I will be uh, helping the band out with. Um, just a few more things to wrap up. I want to keep this under an hour. You gotta fucking sit here and listen to me talk. I feel bad for you. I do. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, two movies I watched that stuck with me last night. I watched a documentary called Mission Control: The Men Behind the Apollo Mission. It's on Netflix. I 
Really enjoy watching documentaries about the early uh, computer programmers of, uh, of our time. And NASA fucking fascinates me. And particularly uh, the Apollo 13 mission. You've seen the movie Apollo 13, right? Well, this, this basically, this documentary features a lot to do with uh, that whole crew that um, was deeply responsible for getting, you know, the Apollo 13 um, crew back home safely. And furthermore, too, you know, they manned these control rooms for fucking, you know, all the Apollo missions and everything else from there on out. Really revealing way uh look at how... Uh, the program functions, how early uh, computer programming uh, correlates with, you know, machinery and just, you know, in the end, it's like an uplifting fucking movie just about fucking uh, team, you know, fucking working together and getting a job done. Fucking, uh, yeah, I like that stuff. So check that one out if you can. If you're into uh, technology, um, astrophysics, etc. Mission Control, that's on Netflix. The other movie I saw. Went to the theater for, couldn't wait for it, very fired up. Gotta say, absolutely shit year for fucking movies, though. Uh, some of the movies, just fucking nothing, nothing. Stephen King's It's coming out this week. I'm excited for that, I am. Been wanting to see that remake for years. Um, but the movie I went to go see, which was worth every penny, and I wish I could go see it again, was Dunkirk. And uh, I am, I'm a big fan of the Christopher Nolan stuff. Um, I liked Inception a lot, but Interstellar is probably the most talked about movie on this podcast. And um, I, was, I was really, really into that fucking film. It's by far the best Air Force movie of all time. Almost makes Top Gun obsolete. <laughs> fucking, I just thought it was badass, man. Badass movie. You know the way Christopher Nolan does stuff. He always has that sort of, like, duality of struggle where it's, like, you know, this parallel uh, correlation of fucking, you know, fucking, like, uh, suspense. So there's three different stories that you have being told where uh, it's about Dunkirk. And uh, not, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just look up the fucking battle. But um, it's it's essentially about fucking, uh, oh, jeez, 300,000 fucking British soldiers being evacuated. Uh, by a uh, civilian navy, which showed up there, and um, so you have that too. You get the storyline from the civilians as well as the soldiers, and then finally, Mr. Tom Hardy up in the sky as a fucking uh, little Spitfire fucking pilot there, fucking dogfighting with the fucking Heinkel bombers and all the other German aircraft that's out there. So, love that movie. I highly recommend it. If you're into war movies especially, I think it's an absolute must. You should go see that. Uh, real quick, I think it's fucking bullshit that the fucking British don't get fucking um, fucking slag for fucking being fucking retreating fucking motherfuckers. Why is it only the French that fucking do that, huh? Fucking French fucking fought these fucking Nazis like five years prior to anybody showing up. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I just tired of the fucking French getting a fucking bad name for that stuff. They fucking, you know, it's like, so what? Waterloo, still. It's like the fucking, like, the, the, this fucking a tremendous history of fucking naval and fucking army prestige with the fucking French. And it's like, I don't know, this whole movie is about literally the entire fucking British army retreating. And nobody ever bothers fucking saying anything about that. So, I don't know. 
What can you say? What can you do? Um, final thought. Final thought. Took in the super fight. The super fight. Which was uh, Floyd Money Mayweather Jr. Fighting fucking uh, Conor McGregor in a boxing match. A 12-round boxing match. And, uh, mm, I mean... I made some money. I made a little scratch off that. Patted my bets all over the bravado with that one. Um, listen, I'm a fight fan. I've been watching boxing for all my life. I, I'm still new to UFC, I think, in general. I, I've really only become devoted to UFC, I think, in the past two years. Um, but MMA is something I've just kind of casually been observing for the past ten. And um, I love Conor McGregor. I don't think... I don't think there's anybody that can sell a fight better than Conor in this day and age. And I was, I, I'm thrilled at the prospect of him fucking fighting a boxer. I, I think it's a fucking very enticing fucking fight on paper, and even the ring too. I, I thought it was interesting. Was it half speed? Yeah, it was half speed. <laughs> but you know what? In the end, I think that Conor did offer a opponent that was really fucking tricky for Mayweather. Um, in the end. Obviously, Mayweather's the fucking true consummate pro who's, you know, got the hands-down advantage. Um, but I think, you know, McGregor's style is fucking tricky to figure out for anybody. And he, you know, it was one of the most interesting fights I've ever seen Mayweather in. Because I've seen them all. And I, he was a little bit flustered, you can't lie. And it was it was cool, you know, It's he expected him to take a little bit of a rope-a-dope. I think Mayweather threw fucking 16 punches in the first two rounds, if I'm correct. And, um, but yeah, I mean, fucking McGregor, it was pretty much everything I, I was expecting. The dude was going to fucking just unload and, you know, punch himself out. And in the end, the conditioning really fucking kicked his ass. Um, I don't think McGregor runs at all. I think he just spas and, you know, heavy bags of fuck out of shit for his, his regiment. He doesn't really strike, uh, strike me as like a cardio runner type guy. Probably rides a bike for all I know. He's European. He's probably all about a bike. But, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's a definite, you know, 25 in a cage is very different than 36 in a ring. And, um, it ended the way that I expected it to, um, very happy that I beat my drummer, Jay Blaisdell, in a bet. <laughs> uh, Jay wagered heartily that not only McGregor would be knocked out cold, but it would occur before the end of the ninth round. And uh, just narrowly edged that one out because fucking I thought McGregor was out on his feet for a moment in the ninth round there. Completely fucking winded. Um, I don't think the fight was thrown. I don't think there was any sort of fuckery or anything like that. Um, whatever. I mean, it, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, if you understand, you know, both sports, I, I think it's pretty clear that that was an inevitable outcome. Um, but still, I love a good fight. I loved uh, all the publicity that led up to this, all the pressers, all that shit. As uh, repulsive as many of the uh, the things that they said were, I was still actually entertained by it. Because <laughs> I want to see that in a fight. I don't want to see two guys going there blowing kisses with Kumbaya. I want to see guys fucking hate each other. Yeah, fucking hate each other. <laughs> oh, I love that there's like a montage of like all the insults. It's just like fucking... 
everything. <laughs> I'm surprised Antifa didn't shut down that match. <laughs> so what can you do? What can you say? Patriot season stats up soon. And I am beyond excited for that. You can tell my voice, right? Huh? <laughs> no, I love Patriots. I love football. It's definitely my dark side. And uh, I just nothing I love more than sitting on the couch for 11 hours watching football. <laughs> So, yeah, Sundays are coming back. Um, this upcoming quarter will be interesting. I'm back in school taking two courses. Um, I'm going to be also doing two releases coming up on the tape label. That is certainly confirmed. I'll have a preview of one of them in the uh, mix cast that I'll be watching soon. Uh, I'll be in Wings of Metal up in Montreal this weekend with Caitlin. We're having a honeymoon. <laughs> so I hope to uh, podcast with a few people up there as well. A few things um, in the works. Nothing really lined up yet. We'll see. Take it as it comes. I got four nights to kill in Montreal, so I'm sure I'll get something done up there. Um, tons of shows coming up in September, October, November. I think there's one every week just about to the end of the year. I, like, they're already starting to fill up December. Um so yeah dude fucking come see me at a show let's hang out you know me i dj all the shows at ralph's well all the metal shows that i book well not book all, <laughs> all the metal shows that are booked in conjunction with mt even codex of serum i'm up at the board with sound guy steve getting done fucking um yeah you know what's going on right okay all right well i appreciate you coming here and checking in fucking uh wasn't too long wasn't too painful today i hope Hopefully you got something out of it, you know? What can I say? All right? Thanks for your time. Have a good one. Cheers.